Ephesians chapter 1. And as we thought this morning about according to the riches of His grace, how that God uh, brought redemption, forgiveness, that's not the end, but through the riches of His grace, verse number 8 says, wherein He hath abounded. So that word, and again, He's talking about the grace. Through this grace, He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself. So, where grace, where uh, sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And by this Word of God here, where He said He hath abounded, wherein, again, according to the riches of His grace, wherein, in that grace, in that grace, God made grace to abound to us. So the word means to excel or superabound or to lavish on or over and above. So over and above, God brought the grace over and above that we might understand the wisdom and the prudence of God. Now you, what, what would be... What do you think would be the greatest attainment of wisdom in all of the world? Salvation. How to be saved. There would be no, in my thinking, I mean, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you gained? So the greatest revelation of wisdom that could be in the world. And you know, all of our world, I realize maybe there's more and more confessed or professed atheists, people that don't believe in God, but they'll one day believe in God. Maybe, maybe even before they leave this world, when they think about dying and going out and and their mindset through the years. But for mankind... You know, man thinks there's something after this, doesn't he? I mean, man believes in heaven. He believes that God's going to accept everybody, that God loves everybody. How do you you come to God? How do you go to heaven? How, How do you reach that place called heaven? Well, that's revealed in the Word of God, and I don't believe there could be any greater revelation of wisdom is how to be saved. But according to this Word of God, it'll take the grace of God for that to be revealed. According to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So that word there, I believe you could say that that is spiritual insight. That's spiritual revelation. That, that's having knowledge in a spiritual realm. Not a natural realm but a spiritual realm. So through the grace of God, we find the wisdom of God that might bring us to salvation and also the insight. Insight. So he says this, having uh, wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure which He has purposed in Himself having made known unto us, so, your salvation, my salvation, for several, several years of my life, that was hidden to me. It was a mystery. It was a great mystery. And this is what Vine says, a mystery. Outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension. The will of God, your salvation, is outside the range 
It's beyond the thinking of the natural man. Only revealed through divine revelation, through the working of the Holy Spirit of God in you. Now, if you don't think that's true, I'd like for you to just think, especially you that were saved, maybe a little bit older, not as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old, but you that were saved older, had you ever heard the Gospel before? Had you ever heard the preacher before? Maybe had you ever heard a message of salvation before? But somehow the day that God brought you to salvation, there was a work of God on the inside of you. Though the preacher had the Spirit of God, though the Word of God was being preached in the Spirit and in the power of God, you know, I believe we're living in a world that thinks, well, that's enough. That's all you need. You just need the Word of God and that preached and people can get saved. There's got to be a work of God by the Holy Spirit in you. In you. If the Spirit of God is not working in you, the day that you were saved, was God working in you? God was working in me as an individual the day that I was saved. God was working in me. Not only was He working on me, not only was He preaching to me, not only was the preacher anointed with the Spirit and the power of God, but God was doing a work in me. My need for salvation and the means for me to come to that was hidden unto me until the divine revelation brought about by the working of the Holy Spirit in me. And I believe it's the same for you if you can ponder on that, think on that, and go back over your own salvation. There was a work of God. There was something that overcame you that did not overcome you the service before or the week before or the month before or the year before or several years before. God Almighty through His Spirit did a work in you brought about the revelation of your need of salvation that was mysterious before. You had asked me before if I was saved. Maybe maybe not use that word. If you would have asked me if I was going to heaven, of course I was going to heaven. I had absolutely nothing biblical to base that on. Nothing biblical. So Paul says this, According to the riches of His grace, wherein, in this grace, He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will. So let's look in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 2 to begin with. So Paul is saying at the beginning of chapter 2 that he didn't come with man's wisdom. He didn't come according... I mean, this is his exact words. Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, declaring unto you what God said, declaring unto you the doctrine of the Lord Jesus, declaring unto you, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus and Him crucified. But I was in weakness, fear, trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. You know, through the first chapter, and we'll get to it too in a minute, wisdom is mentioned over and over again. Paul says, I I didn't have enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power... Why? Why? Why this? Why not try to persuade men? Why not try to win them over? Why not try to play on their emotions? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. You know, all over our world today, men, by their wisdom, are persuading people to walk down the aisle, are persuading people to sign a card, are persuading people to make a profession by the persuasion of men. Paul said, I'm not going down that road. I'm not doing that. I don't want your salvation to be anchored or founded upon men's wisdom, my persuasion, my enticing words, my persuading you, my playing on your emotions. I want your salvation to be founded on and grounded on the power of God. Now, what would be the manifestation of the power of God? You might say, well, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I'll agree with that. Amen. Amen. It is the power of God unto salvation. Is there more? Is that the end of that verse or that thought? Is it? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There's more to that verse. What about that? To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. How can I believe? How can he believe in him who's not heard? How can we hear without a preacher? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, right? Do I have to hear beyond my natural ear? The natural man, the carnal mind, and the natural man is at enmity with God. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. Would it be good for me to receive the Word of God? Would it be good for me to believe the Word of God? I believe it would be the greatest thing ever was for me to hear, receive, and believe the Word of God. But the natural man can't receive it. It takes the Word of God in the Spirit, by the Spirit, on the inside of you. Not just the preacher preaching in the Spirit. There must be a work of God done in you that would help you, though you're hearing it with a natural ear, we've got to hear it with a spiritual ear in the heart. Right? I mean, when he says seven times to the churches in Asia, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Does the Spirit speak to my natural ear? He that hath the Spirit, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. We must have our spiritual ear open to receive the Word of God. Would you agree with this? That the Bible as a whole is absolutely mysterious and misunderstood by the world today. That the Bible, I believe this would be a fair statement, The Bible is a foreign language to the natural man. You might as well write me a letter in Japanese and and expect me to read it as to read the Bible and to understand it in the need of my salvation. It is foreign to the natural man. There must be a work of God done on the inside. Now you've got a spirit within you. Yes, you do. In this second chapter of Corinthians, we see that. Who knoweth the spirit of man? Who knows what's in the heart of Dwight Meadows? Not even his wife knows what's in the heart of Dwight Meadows like Dwight does. Nobody knows what's in my heart but the spirit that dwells within me. So who knows the things of God but the Spirit? And it is the Spirit of God that witnesses and deals with your spirit and reveals unto you the will of God. It's a foreign language, folks. The Bible, I realize it was written down by Paul, by Isaiah, by Jeremiah. But we also have this, don't we? Don't we have that they wrote it down as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit of God? 
So the Word of God is spirit and it is truth according to Jesus, right? The words that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit. They are truth. So for me to understand what the Bible says, you know what I need? I need a work of grace. I need the work according to the riches of God's grace. I need the mystery revealed. I need the wisdom of God revealed. I need the prudence. I need the insight of God revealed unto me. You do too. Paul says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Howbeit, no enticing words. I'm not trying to win you over. I'm not trying to sway you. I'm not playing on your emotions. I'm not coming. You talk about a smart man. This is a smart man. He laid all of that aside and counted it as dung that he might win Christ. Can he use his intellect? Yes. But let me ask you this. Did all of his knowledge, did all of his learning, did all of the greatness of the knowledge and the learning of the Apostle Paul at the time he was called Saul of Tarsus, did that bring him to salvation? Absolutely not. It did not bring him to salvation. In fact, if the honest of God truth was known, it drove him away from Christ. It made him a rebeller of Christ. It made him to fight against the Word of God, fight against the Lord Jesus Christ, and fight against His church. I tell you all of the intellect, I don't care how smart you are, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were some of the greatest learned men in the days of the Lord Jesus, and they could not see the kingdom of God. Your intellect's not... uh, (laughs) That's not going to bring you there. That's not going to bring you to Christ. Here's the Scripture, folks. Here's the Scripture. And you know something? There's just a pile of the Bible that is absolutely undeniable. But because man doesn't like what God has to say, man just avoids dealing with that. Man just skips over that. Man just says, well, there's no need for me to bring that up to the church. You know what the problem is? It doesn't agree with your thinking. It doesn't agree with your psychology. It doesn't agree. I'm not talking about your theology. No, no this is God's theology. Now, I tell you, it may be your philosophy, but your philosophy does not line up with the Word of God, so therefore men avoid it. They avoid a pile of Scripture today. So listen to this. Now you think I'm, 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 I'm way off in left field. Listen to Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Here's a mystery. Now the mystery is going to take the grace of God and the working of the Holy Ghost for the mystery of God bringing salvation to man for that to be revealed. Matthew 13, verse 10. And the disciples and said unto Him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why do you speak in parables? Who's listening? Who's listening? The Pharisees. The learned men. The educated men. Really, you could say men of wisdom and men of prudence. It's true. Men of insight. Men of wisdom. But listen to what the Bible said. The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but unto them it is not given. Who decided that? God decided that, David. You're exactly right. Let's read on down just a little farther and you can see those very... You can see that that said right straight out. Because it is given unto you, the words of Jesus, it is given unto you to know the mysteries that that has been hidden, 
that that is unintelligible by the natural man, how is it that they're understanding? I mean, the wise, the Pharisee, the scribe, though insightful people in religion, why don't they see it? And this little group of disciples, ignorant and unlearned is what the Pharisees called them. Is that not true? Ignorant and unlearned. That's what they called them. Well, they weren't ignorant and unlearned by their own testimony, were they? But they were unable to see the mystery of the kingdom of God. How could ignorant and unlearned see the kingdom and see the mystery and see it unveiled and the wise and the prudent and the learned and the knowledgeable miss it? The work of God was not done in their heart. The work of the Spirit was not done in the heart. Well, I I don't think that's true. Read with me in Matthew chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 25. So in the previous verses, you know what we're looking at? We're looking at great works done in particular cities and a lesser or no work done in other cities. And God is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, that He's the one that chose to do that work or chose not to do that work. And by His great works, you see, we could know that He's God. We could know that He's from God. We could know that He's the Savior. We could know He's the Messiah by His works, couldn't we? I mean, that's what Jesus said. They could know that. But no, they're going to refuse that. So listen to 1125. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank Thee, O Father, of heaven and earth, because Thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and has revealed them unto babes. Who made that choice? As David said earlier, God made that choice. You know what Ephesians about is about? Glory, 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 glory to the grace of God. That's what Ephesians, the first 10, 15 verses about. It's about you and I that are saved. That we could look backward and see the work of God in our salvation. That we could look backward and see what God has done for us what Jesus Christ has done for us, what the work of the Holy Spirit has done for us. I mean, you tell me this, friend. If Jesus Christ did this, gave the same parable of the sower to the Pharisees and the scribes and to the learned and to the babes, you tell me why the babes understood it and the Pharisees and the scribes and the learned didn't. You say, well, they chose not to. I'm going to say it was not revealed. That's what the Bible says. Your, your philosophy says, well, they didn't make the right decision. I don't see that. I see that God did not reveal it to them. That's what the Bible says. I tell you, why don't we deal with the Word of God? O Lord, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because Thou hast hid these things. So you mean God? God hid the revelation or the revealing of the kingdom of God from the Pharisees and the Sadducees? By the Word of God, that's exactly what He did. So this is a mystery. It's a real mystery, isn't it? Well, by this Word of God, let's go back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, 
even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes... Now, who would you say the princes are? Are they the greatest men, the most admired men, the learned men, the men of the king, the men of the kingdom? Who are the Pharisees and Sadducees? Why, they're the leaders and they're the rulers and they're the learned men in Judaism, aren't they? I mean, they're the ones that's over the law. They're the ones that understand it. They're the ones that, that brings it all about and carries it out by their wisdom and their knowledge. But this is what the Word of God, which none of the princes of this world knew. So the princes of this world didn't know the wisdom of God. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You mean if they had have known the wisdom of God, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus? Well, with all of His miracles and all that He did and all the parables, why didn't they know it? They were blind to it unless... Again, I'll, I'll read Vines. Or you can read Strong's too. Strong's, it says silent. Strong says silent. Let me in on the secret. Closed mouth. You going to learn the secret? <laughs> You're not going to learn the secret, are you? Strong says silent. God is silent on revealing the mystery. Vine says that it is beyond the natural apprehension. The natural man outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension. You cannot know God unless God reveals Himself to you. You cannot know the kingdom of God unless God reveals it to you. You can't know that. <laughs> can, can Daniel know what's in Jessica's heart? What's on her mind? Not unless she reveals it, right? Isn't that hidden? If her mouth is shut, is what is in her heart shut up and closed to Daniel? It is, and to every one of you couples. Every one of you. It's closed. God is silent in this situation. But thank God through the divine revelation, the working of the Holy Spirit, the exceeding riches of His grace, you and I have been let in on the secret. Have we not? We've been let in to the wisdom and the prudence of God. We've been brought into the family of God. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. How are we going to know what's prepared for us? Let's listen. But God hath revealed them the greatest thing in my life beginning with salvation. Has there been greater revelations? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's more. There's more being revealed but for me to begin, for me to be brought into the kingdom of God, God had to unveil this, open it up, and that was by the Word of God now. Listen to what the Bible said. I have not seen, nor ears neither heard, entered into the heart of the man, the things which God had prepared for them that love Him. You know, we can hear about streets of gold and gates of pearl and, and strawberries as big as a five-gallon uh, bushel and all of these things that heaven has to offer, is that really, is that really it? Uh, 
No, I tell you what, that's the carnal man. That's the natural man. That's the foolish thinking of man. That's what he thinks about heaven. That's what he thinks that God has got prepared for him. But I tell you what God has done. Through and by the work of the Holy Spirit, He has revealed unto us what He has prepared for them that love Him. And let me tell you this. Salvation was... Salvation was the first building block of what God brings about in the heart and the life of men and women. That's the foundation only. My God, look at the rest of the house that is revealed unto us. But not even salvation can be revealed to the natural man. There must be a work of God. But God hath revealed it unto them. That's not what He says, is it? God hath revealed it unto everyone. God hath revealed it unto them. No, the Bible said, but the Spirit, God hath revealed them. What's them? These things He has prepared for us, searching all things, even the deep things of God, but God hath revealed them unto us. Who? Saved. Who's this church? Who's this letter to? Listen, who the letter's to. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, Who's the letter to? Save people. Save people. You know why you're saved? God revealed Himself to you. God did a work in you. God revealed the mystery in you. So, let, let, let's think on this just a little bit more right here in Corinthians. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Ghost of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So, when you were saved, why well, tell you, before salvation even came, the wisdom of the kingdom was brought to us by the working of the Holy Spirit. After salvation, greater and greater revelations of what God has done for us through the work of the Spirit and the understanding, the reading and understanding of the Word of God. So wisdom. Read chapter 1 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Just listen to a few verses. Paul says in verse number 17, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And unto us which is our saved, it is the power of God. Now how many wise are called? How many wise are chosen? For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Is that not what Paul's talking about in Ephesians? So a working of the Holy Spirit to make us genuinely wise, a working of the Holy Spirit to give us genuine prudence or insight and understanding, It'll take a work of the Holy Spirit of God for that to happen in you. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For it is written, I'm going to destroy the wisdom of man. I'm going to bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer? Where is the arguer? Where is the learned man of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that the wisdom of God of the world, for after that in the wisdom of God, here's what God chose. Here's the wisdom of God. The world by wisdom knew not God. 
Carnal wisdom will not bring you to a knowledge of God. Paul's one of the most learned men that there is. I, I, I would imagine the most learned apostle that there is. I believe without question history and the Bible would back that up. But a man that it took the Holy Spirit of God to bring him to a place of salvation. And you know what he is? He's our ensample. He's the pattern. That's the way God works. So just a little more in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Again, I say this, now who can believe? Who can believe? So the Word has to go out. The man that is preaching has got to be called of God, right? He's got to be called of God. Can he get out of that? Can he get out of that? Can he get out of that call of God? So the call of God's without repentance. Is that only for preaching? Is the call of God different for preaching as it is the call of God in other things? You ponder on it. Them he called, he justified. That's what my Bible says. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. You know what? <laughs> you're going to look, and you're going to see Jesus Christ hanging on a cross between two thieves. You're going to see him there. Is that wise? Is it wise to put your faith in that man? Looks like a stumbling block to the Jews, doesn't it? Looks like foolishness to the Greeks, doesn't it? But to them who are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation, isn't it? Let's see if that's what it says. Let's see what the Bible says. But unto them that are called, what about that? To them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Who's calling man? Now think about it. We've heard it, and we've heard it, and we've heard it, and we've heard it, and we've heard the preacher, we've heard the Bible, we've heard the Sunday school, we've heard Matthew, we've heard Luke, we've heard John, we've heard Isaiah, we've heard Corinthians, but you know something? There was no call. But the Holy Ghost came one day, and God Almighty laid a call upon your heart, and you come to be saved. It was a work of God. It was a work of God. By grace, according to the riches of His grace, He made His wisdom known unto you. Isn't that wonderful? The plan of salvation. Let's look just a little more with me. But unto them that are called. Well, in our world today, everybody's called. Why isn't everybody saved if everybody's called? According to the Bible... There must be a work of God through and by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Not just in the preacher. Not just that the Bible was spiritually inspired. Not that the preacher is preaching in the Holy Ghost. But there must be a work of God through the Holy Ghost in you. There must be a work of God in you. The mystery must be revealed in you. The wise and the learned and the prudent did not understand. They did not comprehend. They were unable. It was beyond their natural apprehension to understand the things that God was preaching and teaching through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Holy Ghost revealed it unto babes. Isn't that something? The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I would like for you to take note of the next four verses, five verses. But you see your calling. 
brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty men, not many noble men, not many well-born are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world which are mighty, and the base things of the world, things which are despised, has God chosen. Yea, and the things that are not, you know what he's talking about all through here? People. People. Things that are not to bring to naught, things that are. What's those things that are? That wisdom, that nobility, that might, that power, all of that knowledge. He's going to bring that to naught. You know something? If you get saved, you'll have to come down just like Jesus said about the little child. You know who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? He took a little young one and set him there in the midst of them. You think you're wise? You think you're wise? Listen to these words. Chapter 3, verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. (laughs) You see, God doesn't need my smarts. God doesn't need all of my intellect. God doesn't need me to figure out how God needs to work. Man thinks that God has to work in His terms and on His way and the way that He feels and the way that He thinks God doesn't work on your terms. This is what the Bible said. Why did He choose? Why did He choose those people that are not? Why did He pass over the noble? Why did He pass over the mighty? Why did He choose the foolish? Why did He choose the weak? Why did He do that? Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him. Thank God, what a verse. I could just use this right here. But of Him are ye. Of God are ye. You even in being are because of God. But by Him are ye. Now, who is Him? But of Him. Do you hear? Do you hear in verse number 26? Do you hear in number 25? Do you hear in 24? Do you hear all of these uh, 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 speaking of God? God, but of God are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God, now Jesus, who is of God, is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. What are we talking about in Ephesians? To the praise of the glory of of His grace. I tell you, in this salvation, God gets all the glory. He does. He gets all the glory. So, He's brought us to wisdom. He's revealed unto us the mystery. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and all prudence. So that word there, that word there, uh, well, let's look just a little bit more at mystery. Let's look a little more at mystery. Look, look at Romans with me. Romans chapter number 16, just a couple of verses. Now to Him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the Scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known unto all nations for the obedience of faith. 
So the mystery was hid, wasn't it? Go with me a little farther. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. How that by revelation, you have heard, how the, again, the grace of God, verse 1, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word, why was Paul given the grace of God? Look, God gave Paul an abundance of grace. How that by revelation He made known unto me the mystery, as I I've wrote a four in few words. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto us, His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verse 9, And to make all men see... What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ? A hidden mystery. But how is it revealed now? It's revealed through the gospel and by the work of the Spirit. Colossians chapter number 1. Verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to His saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can you see that God is revealing the mystery? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. So... This word, this word that Paul uses here, prudence. So this word means insight, understanding. So when I read the Bible, you read the Bible. How, how can we understand it? Well, preacher, we're saved, we can understand it. Do you understand it all? But does God, through His Spirit, open it up to you? Does God give you insight? Let, let's just take a Scripture. No telling how many, maybe hundreds of times that I've read a Scripture. And one day I read it and it is like God turns a light on. And this day, I see it in a completely different manner. And you know what that is? Through the, uh, the, uh, uh, through the abundance and according to the riches of His grace, He gave me prudence. He gave me insight and understanding into that Scripture that I had never ever seen before by the working of the Holy Spirit, He opened that up. And you know what that was? That was according to the riches of His grace that He did that. You see, it all really abounds to His grace. We could see this, this word. Romans 8, 5. Romans 8, 5. And you might just skip over it and you might not even think that this word is here. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You know what they that are after the flesh, you know what they do? They have an insight and they have an understanding that is led by and that is revealed by the understanding and the insight of the flesh. But you that are saved, you that are after the Spirit, you that are born of the Spirit of God, 
You are led by. You have the mind of the Spirit. God is leading you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, at the end of that chapter, you know what he says? We have the mind of Christ. Peter said, Lord, Jesus said, Peter, I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me. They're going to kill me. They're going to hang me on the cross. Peter said, Lord, that ain't going to happen to you. What did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. Why? Why did he say that? Exactly, Joseph, the insight. What was his insight? Fleshly kingdom. Fleshly king. Fleshly Jesus. Fleshly Peter is going to get to sit on the right hand of the Lord. Fleshly John and James is going to get to sit on the other side. What was wrong with that? Get behind me, Satan. Your insight, Peter, is on fleshly things. But you know what God has done for us? Through the riches of His grace, which abounded, which superabounded, which excelled, He brought unto us wisdom and prudence. And why did He do that? I tell you, He did that according to the good pleasure of His own will. He revealed unto us... I'll try to hurry and finish. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to the good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. The will and purpose of God. Would you read it and think with me as we read it together? Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to, as stated, as reported, depending upon, in conformity to, because of, consistent with, consistent with His good pleasure which He had purposed in Himself. There is no question. I just thought of something. Let, before we elaborate on this verse, I want you to read with me three times. Verse number 5. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He has purposed in Himself. Verse 11. In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Verse number 9 says this, according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. There was no outside influence whatsoever in the purpose and will of God. Do you know this? Do you know that I am what I am and you are what you are because of the purpose and will and the grace of God. My life from the time that He saved me until the end of my days should be for the praise of the glory of His grace. It ought to be to exalt and to glorify His purpose and His will in my life. I ought to look every day and search my Bible and pray for the Holy Spirit to enlighten me, give me insight, give me understanding, give me wisdom that I might carry out and I might fulfill the will of God. But He, I am saved tonight by nothing that He foresaw in me. He was not influenced by me. He was not influenced by what He thought I would do, what He knew I would do. He did all of this by the pleasure of His own will. No outside influence at all. This is God's will. I don't like that. Doesn't match up with your philosophy. 
doesn't match up with the way you think God ought to work. Is that the problem? That's the problem in our world today. People think that God has to play by man's rules. God doesn't have to play by man's rules. Here's something we ought to think about. He says in Romans chapter number 11... Romans chapter 11. You know, a chapter that a lot of people don't want to hear. Doesn't line up with their philosophy. I want you to think on this, that verse number 32 said that God had shut them talking about Israel. He's the one that caused them to be in unbelief. Oh, preacher, I don't believe that. That was their choice. The Bible says this. Verse 32, 11-32 in the book of Romans. For God hath concluded, that means to shut up altogether. God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that He might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known... I mean, let's just tell the truth, men. Let's tell the truth, ladies. You don't know what your wife is thinking. I realize you can read her face sometimes. I realize you can read His face sometimes. But I tell you what, there's a pile of stuff that she keeps hid and he keeps hid and you do not know. And you think man thinks that he knows the mind of God? I tell you, if the man understands what's going on in the heart of his wife, it'll be because she becomes vocal and reveals it. If God reveals unto man what's in his heart and what's in the mind of God, it'll be by the working of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Have you been God's counselor? If you give God advice, who has known the mind of the Lord or who have been His counselor? I tell you, that's, that's what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with a pile of people that says, no, God, you can't do that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, Who have known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? Romans chapter 9, he says this, Boy, he brought down some things and and man says, no, 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 that can't be. You can't do that, Lord. That's not fair. Not fair for you to love Jacob and hate Esau. That's not fair. Well, God foresaw what they'd do. That ain't what my Bible says. My Bible said he made a choice before they are ever born. Before they had done any good or evil, God made a choice. That's not fair. Who are you, O man? Who are you to reply against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me thus? That's what the Bible says. What are we going to do with that? You see, Ephesians chapter 1, we're saved. Let us look back and see how God brought us salvation and you know what it is it's all to the praise of the glory of his grace according to the riches of his grace he revealed himself to you he made you wise unto salvation he gave you insight you had heard the preacher preach that text before and you looked at it and you heard him preach it and you heard it with your natural ear and it had absolutely no effect on you But the day that God brought you to salvation, you heard it in a different way. You saw it in a different light. You thought, well, He's preaching to me. God's saying that to me. I'm the one that's going to die and go to hell. I'm the one that's without God. I'm the one that needs a Savior. God was doing a work in you by the work of the Holy Ghost. 
Same preacher, same gospel, same spirit he was preaching in. But that day, God did a work in you. Thank God for His riches of His grace that brought us to the wisdom of salvation, brought us to insight, prudence, the right understanding by His own will. One more time, this I'll read this verse and I'll hush. According to the good pleasure which He hath purposed, He made known unto us the mystery of His will. Why are you saved? You are saved according to, again, as stated, in conformity with, depending upon, consistent with, His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. God purposed to save you. You're saved. Would you be saved tonight? Is God dealing with you? Has God revealed unto you that you need to be saved tonight? I tell you, if there's any inclination in you whatsoever to come and beg God for forgiveness, I tell you, God's dealing with you. I never ever had that till God began to deal with me.